Monday morning to you, and I hope you had a wonderful weekend. Boy, what's some strange weather we've been having lately, but uh, I was out working on Friday, and it was snowing on us, and then it got warm again yesterday, and so, man, this is a, this time of year, but man, what a great day to start out um, our week of different things going on, and I've been thinking about music lately, just been thinking about um, uh, how I enjoy singing, how I, I enjoy listening to things. I've been listening to some cello music lately. I love the cello. been trying to get one of my daughters to to play it, and um, they said they would if I bought them a cello, and and so I got to see where I can get that together, but um, I just listen to music. I love singing music. Uh, we walk around the offices here and just sing and and throughout the day and it's just a part of our lives and so i wonder i want to ask you just to think about how much is music a part of your life uh, and, and and how much does that move you to sing and how much is that a part of your how much is that a part of your uh your devotional life do you sing um do you do you when you're out in the car and you're driving do you sing to the lord and i was just thinking about that today and I don't know if you knew this, but in every day in the temple, in, in biblical times, there was a different psalm that was sung. And so every Sunday was the same song. It was, it was Psalm 24. Every Monday, every Tuesday, everyone had it. Each one had a different psalm. And today's psalm for Monday, every Monday sung in the temple was Psalm 48. And I want to look at that for just a couple minutes with you. And, and then I want to sing a song with you. I think we we make lightly of our um, of our singing, where we try to make it sound like I can't sing or I shouldn't sing. And I'll be the first to tell you, I know my limitations and my abilities, but I don't want to let that stop me. And I don't think that you should let, if you think you have limitations in your music and singing ability, stop you from worshiping God. Our meditations in the Psalms ought to always lead us to doxology. It ought to always lead us to worship and to praise. And, um, you know, you just think through the Bible, of how much emphasis God has in his word for music. I mean, and worship and how God detailed how he wanted to be worshiped. And you have the whole book of Psalms, all just music of worship. And, um, and, and as they would in the temple and with the Ark of the Covenant, all these different times and, and even going into battle, they would sing. And with all the feasts and festivals, there was songs involved. And just to think through how important that is of our singing to the Lord and thinking through what we should sing. But Psalm 48 is today's psalm. And um, it was a daily song. In fact, according to Rabbi Chaim Richmond, he writes this about this daily song. He said, although the Levites sang upon many occasions in the Holy Temple, one of their most important and basic musical tasks was the daily song. Each day, the Levite choir stood atop the platform, located in the court of Israel, facing the outer altar, just inside the Nicanor gates. And they sang a special song for that particular day. On the festivals and new moon, different songs were sung. All of these songs with their instrumental arrangements, were performed while the morning and evening wine libations were poured out on the altar by the officiating priests. Each day during the wine libation, the overseer of the choir stood atop one of the horns of the altar and signaled to the Levites 
with a kerchief in his hand to begin their song. At three points in their song, they would pause when their priests would sound the silver trumpets and all the people in the court prostrate themselves before the presence of God. Can you imagine that on a Monday going there to see the worship and, and a priest standing up waving his handkerchief and the whole choir begins and then at certain points it would pause and the trumpets would blow and people would bow before God. Just what a worshipful atmosphere. Well, think about on Monday, on, on Monday uh, morning, think about Psalm 48. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in his holy mountain, beautiful in elevation. The joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion, the sides of the north and the city of the great king. God is in her palaces. He is known as her refuge. I mean, just think about that. The psalm finishes, For this is God, our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even unto death. You just think about the worship of that, hearing that song sung each day or each Monday in the temple, how powerful that would be. And so let's just think, of, let's chew it apart a little bit. And then I'm going to sing a song with you on guitar and uh, if it sounds really bad, you're welcome to, to shut off the podcast at that point. But I just think worship and singing, uh, singing through worship, I should say, is really important and shouldn't be under- underestimated. But notice it starts out that God is to be praised because of his place. And, and it says, God, great is our Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God. And you're going to notice that word that possessive word, our, we see it there in verse 1. We see it two more times at the end of the psalm in verse 14. But this is God, our God, forever and ever. He will be our guide. And then this is something that needs to be considered when we think about music. It's a very important little word here, is that the one who truly gives God praise with their lips and with their lives is those who call him our God. It's those who have a relationship with him and know him, then it responds back out with praise. When we understand who he is and what he made us, as we talked about yesterday, even in church, as we think about that we are in Christ and all the blessings that come with that, how can we not respond with praise? And he is our God. But it, it talks about he's to be praised in the in his holy mountain. So so where is that? Well, it talks about beautiful and elevation, the joy of the whole earth. So it's a physical place, it would seem. Um, the Mount Zion on the sides of the north, the seas of the great king. Um, and it seems like this could be referring to the heavenly Zion, but it seems like it's referring to Jerusalem, uh, the place where the Shekinah glory of God in the temple would have been. People would have been worshiping there on in, on the temple in Psalm 48 there. Um, and uh, the, the place where this worship would be taking uh, place at. So here, here's the question. What makes Jerusalem a place that is now the joy of the whole earth? Um, is it the most spectacular city in the world? Is it because of it has beautiful ports? No, it has... It's not. It, it doesn't have beautiful ports and, and those things. So why is Jerusalem elevated? It's the answer is because of it's him. It's the city of the great king. God is in her palaces. He's known as her refuge. It's, it's him. And so 
here's the, the principle that applies to that. What makes a house really special? What's if the Lord is in the midst? What makes a church when it's glorious and joyful? It's if king is in its presence. What makes a Christian joyful and worshipful is if Christ is in our midst. And so God is to be praised in his place. He's to be praised in his protection. You're going to see in verses 4 through 8, it talks about God providing protection from in a military battle. I think it's possibly describing the battle of that's described for us in 2 Kings 18 and 19 when um, when uh, there was deliverance from the, for the Israelites underneath of um, uh, with King Hezekiah from the Assyrian army of with Sennacherib and um, that seemed like the Assyrians were unstoppable and but they prayed Hezekiah prayed and Israel prayed and the Lord went out and killed 185,000 of Sennacherib's troops in one night and and turned that defeat um, or turned that into a great victory for Israel and um, and and so possibly it's speaking of that and it talks about the Lord of hosts um, in verse 8 um, you know God of the armies of the host protecting I like that in, in Psalm 46 and verse 7 and 11, we see that um, the Lord of hosts is with us. And so we just see that he's worthy of praise because of, of who he is, because of what he has done, um, because of his person. We see that specifically in verses 9 through 11, thought of his loving kindness. Now, take verse 9 for a moment. Look over at verse 9. We have thought... Oh God, on your loving kindness. Isn't that an interesting statement? We have thought. The psalmist takes time to reflect on God. Have you ever just sat back and marveled at how grand and glorious God is? We have thought. We have meditated. And we have just taken time just to ponder God. Have you done that lately? Maybe today, if we're done this, um, just to take time just to think through and maybe even just pen out some things, some reasons God is worthy of praise. Maybe sharing that out with some other people on social media uh, or whatever, just to share the goodness of God. I, I took time to do that lately or recently and just going through the first 48 Psalms and looking at who God is. The Lord is a shield, chapter 3, verse 3. He's my source of safety, 4-8. He's my king, 5-2. He's the judge, 7-8. The most high, 7-17. He's my refuge, 9-9. The helper of the fatherless, 10-14. The king forever, 10-16. Um, he's righteous, chapter 11, verse 7. God is my strength, rock, fortress, and stronghold, Psalm 18, verses 1 through 3. He's my deliverer, my support, my redeemer. He's my shepherd, the king of glory, the Lord of hosts, the God of my salvation, my light and my salvation, my strength, my shield. I mean, it just goes on and on. He's the living God, my help in trouble, the king over all the earth, chapter 47, verse 2. And so we just see God is glorious. The psalmist focuses on his loving kindness, we have thought, oh God, on your loving kindness. Think about God's loving kindness. Maybe just take one attribute like his loving kindness. 
and let that kind of just, you know, to, to think through that in your mind of God's goodness. And, and then he talks about um, in verses 12 through 14 that this will be passed on uh, to the generations to follow. Um, for this is God, verse 14, our God, forever and ever he will be our guide even unto death. Isn't that important to understand? No matter what's going on, this is our God. And so we think about that, that refrain. It starts this out. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God. And um, we introduced a song on Easter Sunday, Christ our hope in life and death, uh, from the Heidelberg Catechism. And just thinking about as Christians, what's our our hope and to praise God. Um, the, the chorus is going to say, Oh, sing hallelujah, which means praise the Lord. Our hope springs eternal. Oh, sing hallelujah. Now and ever we confess Christ, our hope in life and death. I want to sing that with you because, again, I think worship of singing is so important. And so I realize, again, I realize my limitations here, and this may not be. Um, you know, this may not be uh, YouTube quality or recorded quality, um, but I just want to share with you just as I enjoy, and you're part of my kind of my meditations and my worship and studying in God's word. I love to sing as a part of my study time. And so I'm going to sing Christ, our hope in life and death. our hope in life and death Christ alone in Christ alone what is our only confidence that our souls to him belong who holds our days within his hand what comes apart from his command and what will keep us to the end? The love of Christ in which we stand. Oh, sing hallelujah, our hope springs eternal. Oh, sing hallelujah. Now and ever we confess Christ our hope in life and death. What truth can call the troubled soul? God is good, God is good. Where is his grace and goodness known? In our great Redeemer's blood, who holds our faith when fears arise, who stands above the stormy trial, who sends away that bring us love to the shore. The Rock of Christ. Oh, sing hallelujah, our hope springs eternal. Oh, sing hallelujah, now and 
Christ our hope and life and death. Unto the grave, what shall we sing? Christ he lives, Christ he lives, and what reward will heaven bring? Everlasting life with him, there we will rise and meet the Lord, then sin and death will be destroyed, and we will feast in Christ is ours forevermore. Oh, sing hallelujah. Our hope springs eternal. Oh, sing hallelujah. Now and ever we confess. Christ our hope and life and death. Oh, sing hallelujah. Our hope springs eternal. Oh, sing hallelujah. Now and ever we confess. Christ our hope and life and Hallelujah to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You want to hear that in maybe a better a better uh, recording? You can go to YouTube and look up Keith and Kristen Getty, Christ our hope in life and death. And let's give God praise. Great is the Lord and greatly be praised in the city of our God. Father, thank you for who you are and the joy it is to worship you in singing. And may this Monday... We reflect that this has been the pattern since all the way back thousands of years prior. That on this day, your name would be praised with this song. Help us to think on you today and give you praise. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Have a wonderful day today.